0: Havili was magic, the shift on for Crotty, boom, far down you go, Quaggan Smith, me, oh my, I have enjoyed that, yes boy.
1: Draft Rugby, the game they play in heaven. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, the show they play in heaven. Tonight, I've got two special guests with me. First of all, the super sub, 13th cap, so he's officially got more caps than Noel Alessio will in his entire Wallabies career, it's Alex (laughs) Nabung.
2: How are you, Hazza? How are you, Nels? Good to be back, boys. Good to be back. Interesting uh, late call-up, actually. Glad to be back with, um, especially this week, beating my uh, my enemy, my biggest enemy, Mr. Car Gregg, host of the show.
1: Yeah, very good, mate. You've earned it. And, uh, of course, my other half, the man that is always on the pod with me, Nelson, how you going? Look, it's it's good to be here yet again. Good to have the super sub. And it's a
0: special week for him because uh, after he got the win this week, he came off the bottom of the table, something that you've
1: been in all year, Harry. So <laughs> you guys are really just bringing it home for us. We uh mate. I'm, I'm now sixth, so I'm climbing every single week. But uh, knew, enough. I've enough it. yeah, I'm, I'm still last, mate. I'm really? still
2: last. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I don't know why you guys got me on here,
0: to be honest. <laughs> Just for the best. No one else wants
1: to talk to us. That's why (laughs) everyone else has got too good a sense. Clearly, not you, mate. Today, uh, we're going to talk about obviously quickly, we'll touch on the round 11 scores and hit on all the main talking points as we have been for the entrees these days. We're going to preview round 12 in depth. Love an early week preview, trying to predict what's going to happen. For dessert, we're going to go through rugby passes team of the week and see how much footy they actually watched. And then um, we're going to also just have a little look at the Super Brew update. So, boys, before we kick on to the full entree, Super Brew, there can only be one still on top. What a name. What a tip star. 68 points. He is clear by 1.25 points. Nabung, this used to be you, mate. Are you doing Super Brew this year?
2: Not this year, mate. No, I've got too much on, to be honest with you. It's,
1: it's disappointing because oh, yeah. it's always been your saving grace for your crap fantasy football. <laughs> <political. laughs> Obviously. So, can, you, can you guys pick
0: if this was a mistake? I um, In the Blues Moana match, I picked Moana by 24.
1: <laughs> I definitely meant to do Blues and it almost paid off for me. <laughs> the no, Moana. Mate, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you did. Um, you're not very good. I get it. Uh, look, closely I should mention as well in second and third place, Sensation, another good name, and Brad Brett. Still in the top three. So those guys are all very solid. Um, Sitting at the top, unchanged, year of the tars as well is in fourth. So the guy, year of the tars, there's no way he's tipping the tars. That's a bit of a worry to be sitting in fourth place. Anyway. Tipping the tars. Anyway, well done to the top four. Uh, We won't go into where we're sitting because, you know, let's be honest, it's probably a waste of our breath. Nelson, yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, which I would recommend everyone does, he's just giving you the flashes of dozens and dozens of fingers there. Um, Guys, round 11. If I uh, flick over to our video here, give me one second.
0: I have the results.
1: So we have the Highlanders going down 28 to 52 to the Chiefs. We had the Drua going down. Uh, sorry, beating the Hurricanes 27 to 24 in an epic in Fiji, with the Crusaders spanking the force 48 to 13, the Blues escaping 31 to 30 against Moana Pacifica, the Tars getting it done in Townsville 24 to 32 against That's the Reds, us. and the Rebels not quite having enough to get it over the Brumbies in a cracker 26 to 33 on the Sunday. Can I put it out there? This
0: was one of the funnest rounds of Super Rugby I can remember. Like, I watched so many of these games, that Fiji game, holy shit. There is no other team in world sport like Fiji and Drua. not just rugby, no other team in world sport that comes close to this small, passionate, just really, really good footy player-based team. Like, they just pull people from anywhere, and they're just brilliant. I don't know how they do it.
2: Yeah, even – let's just kind of – Continuing on that from now, just there's nothing like it in, in rugby. The they're singing after the game as well in a huddle, and I just absolutely froth on that sort of stuff. So I, I, you don't see that in
1: football. I tell you that right now. No, yeah, it's, no, it's it's brilliant to watch, boys. Um, can't wait to see more of it as well. This uh, fast fast paced footy as well has just been so good. And uh, I, I think the biggest thing is the derbies, the Aussie derbies and the Kiwi derbies, just add another layer of interest as well, right?
0: Yeah, honestly, the Aussie derbies here, like the that um, Rebels Brumbies match, match was a cracker, one of the best footy matches I've seen in in some time as well, because it went to the wire. You know, we had head to head battles for players fighting for Wallabies jerseys. We'll touch on that a little bit more, but there was a lot of passion in this this game, and it was it was disappointing that. Yet again, no one turns up in Melbourne to watch what was a cracking game.
1: Yeah, I don't know what they've got to do there to to get some um some uh, resonate with the fans more, but I'd suggest they gotta start winning a bit more. Yeah, I was gonna be, say as you need to win. Sitting in the top is the best. 10 helps. Yeah, that does. Yeah. Help. Um they probably are in the top ten, actually. I've probably been a bit harsh there. Guys, let's get into some of our key talking points. Nels the first one's on you there. Yeah, so uh, a short, this is from Sean Maloney. He was talking about dropping
0: super round and making this concept bull around. So three games each at Suva and Latoka. There's only 37,000 people turned up for <coughs> Melbourne uh, super round across the three days, which without a doubt they'll be able to do in Fiji. We were just touching on how they're the best fans in the world, super fanatical, super, you know, entertaining to watch and i was saying to Elinone a few weeks ago that i have a new life goal and that's to watch the Ndrua in fiji and if we can watch six teams or uh, six games across a weekend or even if you just watch an half and three holy shit that would be good good for the country good for the fans good for the comp
1: make this happen
2: how nice much is a ticket to fiji it's,
1: it's mate, not much. i know, I know much. it was higher than they expected but um it's not much what i yeah. what i can say is that uh my only issue with it. And I mean, it probably doesn't matter when you're comparing how low the numbers were for Melbourne, but Suva, the stadium has a capacity of 15,000 and Lautoka has a a capacity of less than 10,000 as well. So there's not really the infrastructure and then trying to get people flying over. I, I worry that there's not enough accommodation to actually host this kind of stuff. But if there is someone much smarter than me, I'm sure can work it out, man, it would be just a brilliant atmosphere and one that I'm sure Kiwi and Aussie fans would be really keen to fly over to. Yep. Make it happen. If if you only get
0: one person per ticket, like per seat on both those, and they're both filled up, it's really not enough worse than what you're getting in Melbourne. But geez,
1: it will feel like there's a lot more. Yeah, Absolutely. Guys, um, we'll kick on to our next point. For those playing along on uh, at home, you can obviously see the images that Nelson's thrown up on YouTube. Uh, Nelson, you you purposely put the return of Will Jordan up here, was this you? <sighs> mate, I think that could have been you sneaking that one in. <laughs> <laughs> but how 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 long you been waiting for? Has oh, mate, for eleven rounds, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> Five defenders, oh, in, two tristes, 130 metres. We're not talking about any other players' stats in this detail. But, jeez, how good is it to see Will Jordan back, fellas? Oh, geez, he went straight back into the thick of it as well.
0: Just the Will Jordan we know and love. I uh, I thought I had you last week when I saw Nareki in the bench. I'm like, yep, it paid off for me. It hasn't paid off for you yet. And he's still on the bench and Will Jordan's carving up in the starting side.
1: Plays 60 minutes straight into 50-plus points. What a yeah, word, Incredible. So good. He's, he's so um he's, he's got to be the AB's fullback, doesn't he? Oh, so obvious, particularly without Geordie playing there. But um, look, I'll see how many. Let me just flick through. I've got a, pretty much my entire fantasy team in here, I think. No, 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 I don't. I take it back. I take it back. Shirts <laughs> versus Spins, mate. The Nos events. event. Um, Super Sad. Sure, did you see this one live? I did. I'm sure
2: everyone, I saw it live, but you would have seen the Instagram or the Twitter or the Facebook, wherever it was. The um uh, the, the 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 ball got tucked underneath his jersey. or got ripped off by the lock. Got tucked underneath his jersey. He chucks a dummy from someone behind and then darts up the left hand line and gets the ref has to call it up because uh, you're not allowed to play without a jersey. Apparently, I didn't know that was a rule. Apparently, to be honest with you, so, yeah. I think. So, um, that was- but I, I uh, that's actually the, the funniest thing I've seen in rugby in a, in a long yes. while. I haven't seen it before, to be honest with you. So it was a um, pretty incredible moment. And, and just from the Instagram, you see Pete Samu losing his mind while he's in the middle of a mall, having a, good, having a good laugh while he's got his shirt ripped off. It's absolute
1: gold. Guys, my big question is, so first of all, this is on Nos Lonergan's Instagram. He's put the shirt up and said, you know, if you had a Ferrari, would you keep it in the garage, which I love But I think if we watched the footage live, he was pretty white and very red. The image on his Instagram, he's looking pretty tan. (laughs) Like, I'm just wondering, there's definitely some filters going on here. (laughs) He's definitely touched his photo up just to give him a little bit more skin colour. The grass colour looks a little bit sass. That's not very green. (laughs) I love it. I do. And the other thing was I thought... I know that that's what they said the rule was for, but he threw the, you know how you cover the, you can't pull the ball yeah. under your shirt? Yeah, he kind of yeah. did that accidentally when he was trying to get his shirt off but didn't want to let go of the ball because yeah. someone was trying to pull it off. So he kind of like dummied by hiding the ball under his shirt. So I figured that was probably a reasonable reason to pull it up, but well, you saw it in the, I did love it.
2: The barbarians got pulled up for it when they tried to do their tap trick play and he, he chucked the ball underneath.
1: Yeah, love it. Worth absolutely worth the uh the attempt anyway. And uh I, I loved every minute of it. So good to see Nos and mate, he is a Ferrari, let's be honest. they just he's just that outrageous in terms of his speed and talent. So the next one, fellas, we have the Battles of the Nine in the Tars. Oh. Sorry, yeah, the Tars versus Reds game. First McDermott, Nels, run us through it. Look, this is an interesting one. Both of these guys were left out of the
0: Wallaby squad. Um, Albert the Brain asked us on Twitter, he said, can you talk about Tate McDermott's tackle success rate or lack thereof since it, it is brought up with the Lollisio-Gordon stats, which we'll touch on as well. You can see both of them in this match. Um the difference between the two. We, we've got Gordon making 11 tackles with 92%. We've got Tate making three tackles from four, so 75%. So clearly Gordon doing a lot more in D. Harry, you had a bit of
1: a theory as well, you thought that was. Yeah, I, look, I just think that um, the Reds loose trio of Liam Wright, Fraser McWright and uh, Harry, Will Har- uh, Harry Wilson um, they're just young, energetic back rowers that have huge tackle stats. So I, I think that is probably tactical from the Reds where they're trying to hide McDermott and make him keep him fresh for attack. So he doesn't need to make the defensive plays. I think, you know, Gordon, Jake Gordon's obviously a hell of a lot more physical as a player, but I think it's tactical. So it's it's harsh to completely judge Tate on that, particularly on one game as well.
0: Yeah, we have done um some stats. As well, well, we'll we'll touch on in a second about um, all of the halfbacks. Um, I think Newbum can can run through that in a second. But we had two try assists to Gordon compared to to none for Tate. Tate had four tackle busts compared to Gordon's two. Uh, he made sixty six to forty seven passes as well. But in terms of the season stats, Newbum, um, the the three halfbacks probably everyone wants to know about is Tate, Gordon, and White. Um yeah. can you run us through some of those stats? Yeah, well tape
2: for the season so far is on seventy seven percent. So that's forty out of fifty-two tackles. Yep. Um, Gordon is at eighty three percent, so slightly high slightly higher at seventy three out of eighty eight tackles. So that's one in every ten minutes, which is actually yeah, pretty pretty decent for a halfback. We want to do less tackling the better.
0: Yeah, and
2: and White, Tate, Tate does one every 15 and 15, a half Yeah. Yeah. 15 and a half minutes. Um, and then White as well, obviously the preferred halfback for the Wallabies um at 80% for the year with 43 out of 54 tackles. So yeah, it's interesting yeah. stats. Gordon actually has the highest tackle percentage of the of them all at the moment.
0: But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, White's obviously played less minutes, but he, um he makes a tackle every nine and a half minutes as well so I mean White and Gordon are definitely getting a lot more involved in D than than we see Tate but I mean I mean they've both got pretty good back rows around them but I I do agree with Harry's point that that Red's back row is doing a lot of that dirty work and it might mean that McDermott's just not needed
1: as much in in that sort of field the passing stat's interesting as well I think it's probably interesting in that it's not interesting. You know, this game, Gordon 47, Tate McDermott 66. If you actually look at the stats across the season, Jake Gordon has the most passes of any uh, halfback, 593 passes, an average of 59.3 a game. Tate's in third, 550 passes for 55 a game. But really Mm -hmm. all the halfbacks that play big minutes are around that on averages. It's just that I've played probably less games. Finlay Christie, 62 a game. Brad Weber 60 a game. Anari, 51. Roygaard, 53. So Mitch Drummond, 54. So that seems to be about the benchmark. And although, yeah, it says that, I think in this one, I, I, I don't know the possessions, possession stats, boys, maybe it's reflective. of it, but The stats are probably just low purely because of the amount of opportunity you had and uh, yeah. they're, they're pretty status quo in terms of how many passes off the deck the halfbacks are getting this year.
0: Yeah, the Reds actually had 54% of the overall possession, but they had 60% of field territory. So, we, I mean, you see Gordon put in some kicks. They've had a little bit less ball. So, that probably adds up roughly to what you, you're seeing there. Maybe a little bit more passing still involved with McDermott, but nothing significant to read into.
2: I, I know, I know we haven't done it, boys, but it'll be obviously, it'll be nice to see what Ryan Lonnegan's doing, just obviously given that he's the second choice halfback in
1: the Wallaby squad right now. Compared to these, um, compared yeah, to I think I think his problem, artifacts. I think Ryan Longden's problem is that he's just not getting enough game time to really of be course. reflective yeah. of any of that kind of thing. Of course. Um, so I, still, yeah, still second,
2: still second, choice at the moment, okay. which is really interesting. From,
1: oh, I think yeah,
2: from our, I don't, I don't think he should be. It's got to be one of these guys, to be honest with you.
1: But like, um, I, don't, um, I can tell you, his okay. tackle success for the season is seventy nine percent, so it's around mm-hmm. the same kind of number.
0: Yeah. And that's off 397 minutes and he's making a tackle every 8.6 minutes. So he's he's making the most regular tackles, but he's played the least minutes, which can can play a little bit into that. And it's always in the back end of, of the match as well when he's fresh. Um, but look, I, I don't reckon he's the second half back. I, I reckon uh, he was in there because he's been doing well off the bench and maybe fitting a role that Eddie wants. But I I wouldn't be surprised if we see Eddie actually look for that experience um, and, and it won't necessarily then be him.
1: Yep. Yeah, it could, go, it could definitely go either way. Let's let's push on, fellas. The Battle of the Tens we had in the Brumbies versus the Rebels. You had Noah Leliceo versus Carter Gordon. Nelson, lead us into this one. Jeez, this was one of the funnest little battles I
0: have seen from two blokes uh, running in a 10 jersey. You know, you don't normally see sort of matchups ups and, and a bit of aggression between mm-hmm. them, but... Carter Gordon is a really, really physical 10. We've come to know that. And he's being talked about as the future Wallabies 10. And Noah Lolicio showed how much he cared about that Wallabies jersey, scoring his second try off a really good line, looking at the camera, shrugging and saying, Carter Gordon? Like, what about me, boys? Look at me. Start talking about me. And then at the half time, he was asked about it by Drew Mitchell and said it was a little bit personal this game, but I'll keep it on the field, some people have been blowing up about it. Those people need to grow up because we yeah. need characters in this game. We need Agreed emotions, not robots. I re- and I reckon
2: Eddie Jones is one of these blokes that will actually go, He's he's. this is my competition. He's, he's actually bringing it to us. It's good to see. He's, I reckon, Eddie, you'd love to see that sort of thing.
0: He's making players be, you know, hungry and show how hungry they are for jerseys. Yeah. He's fucking doing Hunger Games out there. And these are the fly-ups. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving it, absolutely loving it. And the funny thing was, like Lola said, that was his second try. and I'm pretty sure it was in like the 20th minute. But, yeah, it's it just somehow he, uh, Gordon really still stepped up and, and was the better of the two on the night for me.
1: Yeah, I thought so too. I think he's he's he controlled it so well. His passing game was immense. You know, he put a couple of beautiful cutout balls. Uh, you know, I guess it's also a tale of two halves. Like uh, Carter Gordon killed it in the first half. Sorry, Noah Lesser killed it in the first half. Carter Gordon kind of got a bit more control in the second half and obviously played bigger minutes as well. But um, I, it was very good to see Noah attack the line. Like his first try in particular, he just went straight at the and line to score that like he was out. always going for it and the yeah. Rebels just never saw it coming so yeah it was it was brilliant to see from him and I think if he can keep that in his game and balance the control in the game with long passes long kicking and then attacking the line we'll get the best out of him but for me Carter Gordon is just all round game attack and defense is phenomenal. I think I, – I didn't realise
0: it, but maybe the thing we needed from Lolasio was aggression. If we can see him actually be hungry for the game and hungry for that jersey week in, week out, it'll, it'll be great. And I think it'll – you know, it, it'll start getting people talking about him a little bit more. But, yeah, we had two tries to Lolasio as we touched on. Gordon scored his own try, scooping up a, a loose ball off a line out. But he did those two assists, which were brilliant – he made 12 tackles. So that's 92% compared to a lot of CEOs, four tackles for 67%. They both made two tackle busts, but it was an absolute cracker of a matchup.
2: Yeah, even even in a winning side, even in a losing side, I think Gordon was still the preferred 10, to be honest, as well.
1: So and that's and that's rare. Yeah, absolutely. Um look, Nabang, what about the uh the main talking points from this week to wrap up the the review? Uh, what did you think, mate? What was the takeaways for the for the main matchups? Yeah, mate, have we got Nels here as well? Yeah, he'll come back in. Don't worry about it. Yeah, you. okay. I don't.
2: Um, the main talking points from the round, I think we, I think we kind of covered most of these. But um, it was it was good to see the, the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs Highlanders game. I think if you had fantasy players in in both of these these games, or in this game, sorry. Um, most of these players scored some massive points. So, Chiefs are playing some absolutely fantastic footy underneath the underneath the Highlanders'
1: roof. So it, it was magic. Yeah, absolutely. And the Fijian and drawer at home mate, just like the sixteenth man with the crowd behind them is just absolutely immense. The Blues managed to get it done over there, but that's the Crusaders and the Hurricanes two huge scalps that they've built uh, that they've beaten. This year at home, and they've got a few more home games, I think, to come as well. So it's just such an important thing for them. Might I well think that was actually,
2: I, I, think that was the biggest upset of the year, to be honest with you, because that
1: was what the, I think the Canes were coming third at the time on the ladder. <laughs> yeah, it was right up there, and and I think the Crusaders, yeah. you're right, were probably a little bit weakened at the time, whereas the the uh, Hurricanes, I think, were were pretty close to their full strength unit as well. Yeah, no, so um, yeah, I thought that was the biggest upset.
2: With the Crusaders um, as you kind of all of as you think being back at home after a loss you could beat your house on it and actually keep your wife happy at exactly the same time because you made a good punt so um, it was it was Brody McAllister who was um, he, he was the bloke that scored three tries for a rolling Wall. could have been Cody Taylor my man but um, it was Brody and uh, we obviously we touched on on will Jordan as well who played 55 odd minutes. So I, I still think he's um, – if, if you can get a trade for Will Jordan, do your best because I reckon he's Good worth luck. it.
1: Good luck. <laughs> Mate, people like me have been holding for 11 rounds. you got no <laughs> hope. No hope at all. Look, let, let's push through Blues versus Moana. They, you know, they talked it up as the battle for Auckland, the only cross-city rivalry in Super Rugby, and I love that angle. I thought they played it out really well, and it turned into a cracker game as well, far better than what we saw last year. So that was phenomenal. Um, You had the open side uh, players, McWright versus Hooper, both having cracking games. I thought McWright maybe the edge there. Gleeson versus Wilson, I probably gave the edge to Gleeson. Just his running game was so, so good. Gleeson was good. And uh, and what else you got? Akira Yuani back starting, and all of a sudden he's back to his best, right? Yeah. Like just barnstorming around left, right, and center was an absolute weapon. Um, Bobby V, just as good, I think, for the, uh, the Brumbies. And it was, you know, the, the opposite of what I expect from Bobby V. Like, normally you see him kill it in the first half and he kind of does go a bit quieter as the game goes on. But in this game, he just grew and grew and grew. And he was probably the most influential player on the field in the last 20 minutes, despite the heroics of Gordon and Lalesio.
2: Yeah, mate, I definitely agree. Bobby V was in some serious form. And he is, mate, he's the Wallabies, six or eight, depending on how things go. Yep. Well, I'll i take the last point from the round, mate. Um, the Brums Rebels kind of touched on it anyway, but um, the last five minutes, how good were the Brums defence on the line? It was how many how many yellow cars did they get? Two in the end. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. No, they didn't
1: actually get a second one because they scored there because they, no,
2: they, they they got away. Yeah. The yeah, 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 that's that's right. Yeah, so it was the um, the repelled Elof. I don't know how many got held up and um, it was he a got penalised. For a double movement as well, it's like, mate, yeah. what's going on, Cobblers?
0: Look, I mean, um, the, the thing is we're, we've actually seen this year a bit of a rejuvenation, you know, it bring, bringing back the old quick tap plays rather than go for line-outs and scrums. Why, but, is, and I'm, why is that? Do, and I'm, you have I'm, an explanation? Way, I can explain to you because yeah. if, if it's a scrum, you can lose the scrum. If it's a line-out, you can lose the line-out. You will not lose a tap. So yeah. if you might, you're make running it to the line. It, it's, it's really good. But the thing is that we didn't see the the rebels do is there was no deception whatsoever. There was no variety. All they did was just take a tap and expect Elof to crawl along the ground illegally to get there. Like there was just yeah. nothing else behind it. it. It it seemed for them more that they're going, our set piece isn't enough. Rather than when you watch Fiji and Drua do it or Moana do it, or whoever else has been doing it, it it's a tactic where they're they're really smartly planned for it and and this wasn't it.
1: I, I love that for the Brumbies, they clearly had a tactic because Nick White did it in the first half as well where he grabs the player and drags him over the line. It was it looked like they were trying to do the same thing to Caboose in, in, in that kind of play there as well. So it's a smart play. I agree there wasn't enough deception, but the Brumbies is very, very good. Guys, yeah. let's go to fantasy wrap-up for the week as well. We had uh, fantasy new fantasy man of the match, first time for the year, Nabung. Oh, yes. Thanks, boys, for me have this one.
2: The uh, fantasy man of the week, of course, Harry's not bringing him home. It's Damien McKenzie with 89 points, two tri-assists, 100 meter run metres, two line breaks, six tackle busts, one offload and seven conversions. He is the All Blacks number 10 Damien McKenzie.
0: Jeez, he is good. <laughs> yeah, is he, guys, like, I mean... No no one's saying it. Is he actually getting himself in the conversation to be used at 10 this year? I, I can't see it because I, I don't see the All Blacks rocking the ship that much. But, geez, he's performing like he needs to be. in you know, He needs to be in the 23.
2: Oh, I think he's got to
0: be
1: in the 23, surely. I guess it's just the balance, right? Like yeah. you, you don't play Bowden and Richie and D-Mac in the same 23. So one of them has to drop out. But mate, if, if they get Bowden. up and cut off the form from the year, hands down, it's going to be him.
0: Yeah, Bowdoin misses out. I'm sorry. Like he's the guy in my fantasy team that I bank my team on, and he's he's not doing it, mate. Like he's 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 not exciting uh, as he has been. D is doing good, but yeah, look, we'll we'll go on the notables. We had Brody McAllister touched on him, 84 points. Akira and Daniel Rona yet again. Daniel Rona 82 points. Uh, Rob Valatini 75. Josh Kemeny 72, and Maka Springer, 71.
1: Yeah, very good. Um, and the super sub was Melly the White Shark, Darren Alungi. I think this is his top fantasy score ever. Came on <laughs> after about 20 odd minutes for Kidioni Salawa, who came off injured. Scored a try, um, 49 points for him, which was a very good performance. And good to see the White Shark and El Capitan back. And Captain Mud, Perry Perry Parkinson did it two weeks in a row. He actually got off the hook because. Uh, oh because of the fact that we didn't record one of those weeks, and he wasn't here to hold up the uh, the fort as the bum of the week, the Captain Mud for the locks. Uh, obviously, I mean, it worked for Rob Simmons' whole career, so very good there. But Isaiah walker he takes the mantle, a yellow, two yellows turned into a red, plus a missed tackle, five missed tackles from 14 attempts, minus 25 points, could be up there with one of the worst scores in history. I think if it's the worst, it has to be named
0: after him. It has to be the Walkerley Leawary Award. No Captain chance, Mark. mate.
2: No chance. It's Captain. <laughs> it's it's, it's Sim, Rob Simmons every day of the week. No, yeah,
1: he won it he the man. most. He the you gotta, It's consistency here. It's not a one week. Yeah. Come on, mate. <laughs> He's got a career of mud. And look, yeah. I, we we should say we do love Rob Simmons, but uh, <laughs> we do love. No, him. speak for yourself, guys. <laughs> oh, oh,
0: mate, that's rough. We we do love him.
1: All um,
0: right,
1: um, boys, round 12. Let's get to the main course because that was a large entree. We'll try and crack in five minutes on each game here. On Friday night to get a starter, we have the Chefs versus the Reds in New Zealand. We've got a couple of injuries to the Chiefs, probably a couple of guys that weren't going to be in the 23. You would think if they were going to run out a – Strong side. You got Pennyasi, Mully, Mully limped off. Not sure yet what the injury was, but you'd suspect he's out. And Kalen Boschek come off the bench and then had to leave shortly after. So you would think the fact that he's come back off, he should have been finishing the game. So obviously an injury there as well. And then Josh Fluke, there'll be some doubt over him. He was pulled pre-game with it sounds like a small quad tear. So best case could be a week or two injury, but I would think he's unlikely to play this one. No new returning players from either team other than maybe the rest. I would think maybe Nunkavell in to start at outside centre. Although, can you really move Danny Rona with the uh, form that he's in? You don't. Hey, Bung, what do you reckon?
2: Well, moving Danny Rona. Yeah. Well, I'm playing against him this week, so I bloody hope so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) His form is outrageous, man. The guy's been a professional footy player for like a month.
2: Yeah, he, 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 Nsinka's got him, and I saw he got 80 on last week, which is absolutely incredible. Um, I Honestly, I, I think they're going to, you know, Nankerville with ALB is back. I'd like to see them start those two, to be honest with you, and and Danny Roaner can go back to,
1: uh, what was he, labouring. Oh, mate. No, the, the thing is, really, they start starting um, any Aussie side for the year at this rate. Yeah, true. He made um, the Wallabies.
0: Yeah. No, we've got Iketao. We'll, we'll take Iketao. But look, true, there's only four true. weeks left. So, I mean, if they believe they need the experience and a pairing for, for the finals, they've got to find a way to bring um, Nankavel back in. So, I mean, if they're still starting Rona this week, it's a
1: pretty big statement. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and and i think you're right probably the biggest thing is they haven't had a a settled center pairing all year they've got the reds this week followed by the hurricanes and the brumbies two harder games and then the western force who i know i know one of the boys in our chat was calling that as the uh the smoky upset for the year was the force to beat the chiefs at home it uh in perth to finish the year off just when the chiefs are kind of resting their players for finals but Obviously, the Hurricanes and Brubbies are the big ones here for them. They want to finish on top of the table, so they're going to want to win all four. I think they're going to have to try and build some combinations in their centre pairing, but uh, there are a couple of other rests, and you'd think that this is the week that they're going to try and rest a few more of those players. Samasani yeah. Takiaho and Damian McKenzie have both played four in a row, so this will be their fifth. They can play five, but that means that they're then not going to be available for the Hurricanes. So I reckon you might see both of those guys get a rest. Yeah, that's that's what I'm
0: calling. Uh, I I think you know they they can replace, um, well they can't replace D Mac, but they can they can fill the void, um, yeah. with Catland at ten and Stevenson at fullback, uh, and, and I think that's what they'll do here. Takeahoe, he's had a couple of rests throughout the year as well. It's probably the game to do it. Um, where the Reds they just want to get everyone they can on, and no Harry Joshuani is not playing. He will not be involved. <laughs> Stop getting oh. excited about
1: Joshua. <laughs> He's still riding the pine in my fantasy team. I think this is his week. It isn't, mate. You're dreaming. But look,
0: the Reds, the, what, what's the issue with the Reds? I'll, I'll touch it on it here, right? Uh, I think at points their set piece has, has struggled, but when they, they've used it, they've actually had a successful set piece. They haven't looked bad, you know, attacking off it, but they start to get a little lost, a little flustered as phases build. They, they start to look for somebody else to kind of ignite something. And that tends to be someone like a Tupo or a Paisami or players that haven't been there in recent, recent weeks. So uh, I, I don't
1: know when Paisami's back, Harry. He's got to be close, doesn't he? Originally, I thought it was going to be last week, but there was something in the media about a week ago saying he was hoping to be back for finals. So that, that's a worry because that's a long, long uh, MCL injury. He did it in round five. So I, I'd say that means he's had a really big one, and uh, he, he's not going to be back until maybe you know the very last week of regular season or something. Yeah, right. yeah. that's a big that's oh, a big right.
2: hangover. Yeah, um, uh, <laughs> I thought I actually thought the Reds' top five was rubbish against the Tars, mate. That's what I thought.
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm with you, mate. The, the best game they had was against the Western Force, and it was because the Western Force had lost their all Wallabies front row. So I, I think that they've improved massively in this season but their scrum is still a weak point I think their lineouts improved a hell of a lot but uh Brady Ritalik if he's back this week I think he's kind of 50-50 with his groin injury geez that's going to be a huge turning point to how that set piece looks and I've got to say as well the scrum from the Chiefs has been exceptional Takiaho helped by Aidan Ross and George Dyer they've just been fantastic Neighbour, mate, I reckon we jump to you.
0: The super sub goes first. What are you calling here? Who wins and by how much?
2: I'm not going to chuck it. Kagi loves to do the outliers and overlies and all that kind of bullshit, which is absolutely ridiculous on a two-three-man pick, (laughs) (laughs) which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard every time I listen to the podcast, just quietly. But um, Chiefs versus Reds, I actually think it'll be the Chiefs who are going large at home. They'll,
1: They'll go by 25 woo that's a big one. Um, I can tell you the line, Nels, if you want a bit of help, is 19 and a half. I don't need it. I don't need the line. I, I, I'm i going to pick
0: the – I no matter how much I want to pick the Reds, it's not going to happen. I'm going to say the Chiefs by 23.
1: Yeah, I, I reckon you boys are right. It's going to be – that line is short, mate. That is short. Where'd you go? 25, didn't you, neighbour? I did, yeah. Uh, yeah like 26. 26 it is. I'm <laughs> Kagi. <laughs> how <are> you going? <laughs>
0: the second game of the weekend is the Force versus the Indrua. Uh, Indrua are good no matter where they are, but better at home. We touched on last last week um, how much stronger their D is at home. They're coming up against the Force. There is no new injuries to the Force. Maybe we have a Kittioni Salawa. Um, injury, seeing he got pulled last week during the game. I'm In not. the return, returns column, we have Tom Robertson from his calf. Uh Harry doesn't like it if you don't mention that it's not just a calf. Yes, he has two calves. Harry, we all know it's a calf injury. Not, In- not the mother, not the daughter of a cow, not the son of a cow. No, no. <laughs> Um Even though he's, he is definitely a farmer. Look at this him. is a uh, clarification we need, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Tim ends In- the from concussion. That's his head. Um uh when he though <laughs> he's missed the last two weeks for the birth of his son Harry uh, is that specific enough he had sex about 9 months ago <laughs> that's the largest
2: injury of all isn't
0: it yeah to his bank balance um <laughs> so no one returning to the end um this look this is going to be an interesting one the the force have shown glimpses can the Drua bounce back after that high of last week um, and, and making the flight over to Perth? That is that is tough.
1: That's a long, that's a long flight. How do you see this one going, Harry? Where are they flying out of? Oh, I'm just looking at this now. If they're coming, are they coming from Nandy or from Suva? I'd be guessing it's from Suva. Su- Suva's 15 hours with two stops. They're gonna go via Nandi into Melbourne or Sydney. Yeah, that's, a, that's, a Airways, but, that's, that's a big trip. That's a big, big the Airways, trip.
0: Mate, they, mm. There's enough of them to just fill one plane, surely. They, 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 when they flew down to Melbourne, they went, now now we're doing this regularly. It's just a one-stop no, no flight straight to Melbourne. Surely they're going to okay. do that to Perth now.
2: Surely with the size of the boys, they've got to have their own plane flying mm. over. There's got to be something there. I tell Fijian Airways the, is flying everywhere, surely.
1: The women a few weeks ago were asking for food from the <laughs> Fijiana, and they no. went on and won the comp. So if you think that they're getting a private bloody jet over to Perth, you are dreaming, mate. They've got a big flight and they're going to be weary from that flight as well. So I think that's probably the biggest thing here. They're going to have a carver hangover for sure. Yeah,
2: yeah, right. Okay,
1: interesting. But look,
0: yeah, this this is an interesting one. The, the, the force really should be eyeing this off as something where they can make a bit of a statement. After the week that the Ndrua had, it will look very solid for them to, to come out and get a win here. They've got a few people that have come in in the last sort of few weeks with Naisa nice uh with Tizano, adding a fair bit of punch for them. Um, if they have Hegarty back, Harry, I don't know if, if you know how he's travelling. Maybe he isn't back. He, he might have been out for a little while.
1: I mean, can you hear that? My computer is about to bomb here. Oh, what no, no, what's going no. on? It sounds like we'll, you're bombing. So we'll, I thought we'll, my computer was about to blow yeah, up
2: there. Nels, while the why you, are you there? Obviously, it was good to see Nasserani come back, but he was he was pretty quiet in his first start back. To be honest with you,
0: oh well, mate, he's been returning from an injury, so this he he sort of got thrown in the deep end uh, in yeah. returning in a team that really struggled against the Crusaders in New Zealand. It's it's a pretty hard game to you know, step up in unless you're a a fullback for the Crusaders. So, look, I I think we'll give him a bit of time to to find some form for them. All Um, right. Look, you're not being too harsh. Like, we we expect big things from him because he's such a good player. But, yeah,
1: I I think he needs a bit of time. Fair
2: enough. Guys, there's,
1: um, there's, there's just a lot of injuries in the Western force at the moment. You know, I, I like the fact that they're building some combinations. You know, their second row is settled. I think with Tom Robertson, their front row is pretty settled. Hopefully, Flau Faenga is not far away. I think if they can get that kind of stability in their Type 5, that makes a big, big difference. And the new blood in the back row, particularly if um, Nasser Rani's bitten firing, which, you know, I think he was probably still a little bit undone when he came back last time. There's a lot of good things happening there. The, the big question. Question has got to be as simple as what the hell do they do around their 10-12 combo? Sam Spinks, the easy answer at thirteen, they've got enough options in the, the back row. What the hell do we do at night and ten and twelve? And and what do you guys think?
0: Look, I I quite liked the look of Max Bury. If, if they think he's going to be someone that they can use move forward, um, yeah, exactly. The the seventh player, mate. Come on. Mate, is, is, <laughs> Well, he must be about 24, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he looked like quite a stable hand. He didn't make mistakes. He he made a few good passes, and he
1: and he looked to be willing to take it mate, to the line. Did you see the score against them?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah man, that's, not, that's not all his
1: fault, mate. That's that's pretty tough. It's
2: that's like they, saying it, Carter
1: Gordon's crap because the Rebels keep losing. Nah, but there's, there's,
2: they're competitive. They're, they're competitive because Carter Gordon's playing. It's very different.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think it's just a lack of cohesion there. But look, he, he probably does deserve another run. Um, for me, I just think if they had another 12 option, then Hamish Stewart at 10 makes the most sense. I, I don't know where Jake Strawn is. I know he was listed as injured last week. We don't. There's no information at the moment about what that might be. So, I think that that would probably be the best case. that would have Jake Strawn partnering Hamish Stewart and then that way Burry is on the bench to develop a little bit more slowly rather than throwing him in the deep end. But otherwise, I guess they're going to go with the same option. And if that's the case, then, geez, you know, uh, uh, Revovo running at that young 10, like that's scary, isn't it?
2: Is, Kun- is Kunzel done? Is he just completely is
1: he- is he, done? He has a hammy injury. He's out yeah, well. 10 and 11 actually, so he should be back. We We may well see him. Hey, yeah, look, I, I, my my one point on it. I mean,
0: Bury didn't have a lot of chances in D, but he didn't miss a single tackle. So I I, I don't know if he's, his his issues is having a bloke running at him. I think everyone's yeah, issues. Is
1: running at him. Though I was about
0: to say everybody's issues is having Vovo running at him doesn't matter <laughs> who you put there. Um, yeah, but yeah, look, this, this is going to be a tough ask for the the to back it up and for the force to actually show with some players missing. Uh, to their home fans, that they, you know, that they they're as good as we think they could be. So, Harry, how do you see this
1: one going? Oh, you're throwing me on the deep in the deep end here. Well, when yes, I, was, when first, I was... approach my notes, I can see that um, the tip here is obviously the force by half a point head start. I, I think the Force will get it done. I think the travel is going to take a lot out of the Indrua. I think particularly if they do have the likes of Kunzul or Stromback, I think that chores it up and I'll be a fair bit more confident given that it's an away game for the Indrua, But I'm going to say the Force will get it done by five points.
0: I'm going to say the Force will get it done by Max Brewery chucking a, a Valatini, older brother Valatini, uh, kicking it late of coming off the bench to win it for him.
2: By three. So the the force by three now, is what we said. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Being
0: out loud, I would go somewhere about four.
2: Yeah, no, I'll I'll go. I'm actually gonna back the Fijians. They're gonna take the momentum against um that they, they've they've taken from their previous round and, and absolutely stick it to the force and actually get up and move up the table. Yep. Um yeah. F, Fiji by twelve.
1: Oh very good. Yeah. It's not unrealistic. Saturday's game, fellas, we have Hurricanes versus Moana Pacifica. No new injuries from the weekend for either of these teams, but we do have a few possibilities of players coming back. From Moana Pacifica, Ray Nuiya had a concussion a couple of weeks ago in round 10, so we would think if all's tracked well, then he could be back. Um, similarly concussions for the Hurricanes Dane Coles was concussed before round 10 Blackwell and Delaney both concussed in round 10 as well Um, they could all be up for a return and then Dominic Bird also missed last week to illness so three lock options first of all that could all be back and then the man that throws into them to uh, I guess compliment Asafa Amua who's playing 90 minutes a game at the moment. Um, it'd be good to give him a little bit of a rest as well.
0: Yeah, look, I, this this is another interesting one off the back of last week. I, I think we see a clap back from the Hurricanes. Moana gave everything they could. Whether they can do that again, I, I, it's going to be a, a, a really tricky thing. How do you get motivated and, and build off what they did last week when they didn't get the win? Um, the Hurricanes don't have the old school, uh, what we talk about every year, Crusaders lose one match and then they murder a team by 50 points the the next week. They've had too many losses over the recent years to to do that bounce back. But if there's going to be a bounce back, it's going to be against Moana. So I think they come at this one hard. Build some confidence.
1: I thought um, D'Angelo was pretty good at 12 for Moana. I think he controlled the game well, and it was interesting to see him be their main kicking option. Yeah, I agree. Christian yeah. Lely Afano. Um, yeah. So, you know, and then Christian, of course, after we've kind of saying that he needs to offer a bit more, runs through and, and scores a good try himself, attacking the line, which he seemed very, very happy about, I should say, as well. But um that's that's the most interesting thing for me like what do they do around that 12 jersey they've got a few good options now was that just danny Tuala having a rest we obviously haven't seen henry tyfu really all the year as well what do you think they're likely to do in that kind of all-important second playmaker jersey for their side look i my, personally
0: i, I... I do like uh, D'Angelo Le Leilua. No, I can't. I don't remember off the top of my head. Le Leila, yeah, Leila. Um, I would like him at that twelve. As you said, he adds something a little bit different. Toala, for me is a re- real strike player in attack, um, and a, and a really exciting player. But D'Angelo offers something different, and I think it's probably something that that team needs. He's, he's a bit more of your your kind of stable playmaking. Can add some punch. Um, but he's kind of a
1: little bit more glued to that back line. Yeah, and look, I think he can play a fair bit of 10 in the MPC and the uh, Bunnings and M- uh, minor 10 Cup, I should say, sorry, um, as well. So maybe there's an opportunity there to play him at 10 and get Danny Toala back at 12 yeah. as well. I don't know if that's something that that's seriously consider, but it wouldn't be a bad mix-up to have a running 10 that can attack the line. He's got obviously got the kicking game if they're picking him above Christian as well, so... Um, maybe maybe the uh, curveball and maybe just what they need to, uh, I guess, put the Hurricanes' back line D under a bit more stress.
2: Well, I actually think that what, what caused the Blues so much trouble was was his kicking game, to be honest with you. It actually relieved a bit of the pressure off Leo Lopano. And yeah. um, I'm not sure whether he was left-footed. I can't quite remember. But, um, yeah, off the boot, he actually was fantastic. So he relieved a bit of pressure. took an option off him, which Danny Twyler doesn't quite offer. Yeah so um yeah he was able to actually take that pressure off and and um you know exit pretty well which was which was great for the Moana and I I thought that was actually a big play to to keep them in the game to be honest with you
0: Yeah no, I agree with you there it's it's something that they need I feel he's not a bad kicker as well but he's not normally up in the line in those positions and if he is it's it's probably a little bit more expected and it caught the blues off
1: guard a bit Guys, the other one for this here, I I can't believe we haven't talked about it this far in. Julian Sevilla scores two tries in the weekend, which puts him equal on Izzy Falau's try-scoring record of 60 tries. He did this in his 150th Super Rugby match. It should be uh, noted that in I'd say arguably a less successful team for a lot of their time in each of their respective sides, had only played 96 games, so just under two-thirds of the games that Julian Sevilla scored, which is ridiculous. But is this the game that Julian Sevilla gets another start and then he takes the try scoring record because I was sure that we were going to see uh, Kenny Naholo start over the bus in this in this last week didn't happen Rayasi got a rest Rayasi obviously their first choice winger so you know in my head before he scored those two tries and tied the record Naholo was on the right wing this week Naholo pretty quiet the bus you know some questionable moments indeed but surely they just have to lean, lean into the romance of that uh, that record and give him a crack what do you reckon?
0: No, mate, uh, I, I don't buy the romance. I I think it's probably his week to have a rest. It took him eight weeks. You know, to, the first eight weeks he scored one try. Yes, he scored two last week, uh, this last week that's passed. He's not going to necessarily score tons. If it is, it's probably this match. But I, I think it's his time for a rest. And you have Rayasi come back in and you get uh, your young man and Naholo another crack because, you know, next year he's probably getting a fair bit more game time for them. Um, so I, I think it's time for Sevilla to have a rest. Is he a man you want to have on your bench? Um, I mean, they had Rayasi on the bench last week, so maybe he is. But they've got a lot of center options that they could they could cover in the on the bench as well. So uh, he he might miss out, or he might be in the bench this week.
1: Yeah. And
2: Silver
1: uh a coin. coin. <laughs> okay, coin. so guys. Like, no. There's there's probably not other a, a lot of other big changes in this one. So what do we think? Give us a tip. Uh, look, I, I think the Canes are going to break away with
0: this one. Um, I think it's going to be a bit too much of an ask to, to back that up for Moana. The Canes are going to win by... The line is 22 and a half. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the Moana have that line covered. They're going to win by 21 points, the Canes.
2: All right, I'll go. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go at the
1: Cape 10 uh, The Ks are going to go large and then that. Uh, um, I'll go at 20, 26. Wowza. All right, I'm, and I reckon Moano got, probably got a bit more gas in the tank than that. So I'm going to go Hurricanes by 17. Yeah, All right, fellas, we'll push on to the Crusaders versus the Blues. New injuries in this one. You had Finlay Brewers, who was p- pulled pre-game two weeks ago with a shoulder injury, named again this time. Again, pulled pregame, so we assume it's the same shoulder injury, but no word there yet. Bodie Barrett pulled with a tight Achilles, but apparently will be back this week. For the Blues, you also got Patrick Topolato expecting to be back in the row. Hoskins Tutu missed last week with illness, and Mark Talea missed last week for his All Blacks rest week. The Crusaders, you've got Sam Whitelock, I've just read this afternoon, is expecting to be back from his Achilles knock as well, so that's a big in for them for the set piece. What do you guys have to talk about this one? What's going to happen? Look,
0: I was excited last week at the prospect that we we're going to see Bodie Barrett uh playing out the back at, at 15 with Plummer at 10. Um are we are we waiting for Perifeta to come back from an injury or is it a rest week for him?
1: He's no, he had a shoulder injury. He's gone he's for like six weeks. I think yeah. he's like a yeah, partial shoulder oh. dislocation or something.
0: I, I hope that's what we see again. Two of us shek showed he has some real value. Um, throughout parts of that game. Plummer at 10, I, I, I want to see more of it there. And, and Bodie gets that that nod at 15. Obviously, they've got the, the opportunity to put someone else there. Um, so it could be Sullivan. It could be Renamadavuki Nipkins. Um, but I want to see Bodie at 15. It's exciting.
1: I think Zahn Sullivan, mate, he's he's the man. Yeah. He's going to be in the 15 jersey. I think anything else, we're, we're kidding ourselves.
2: Bodie
1: Mark, at Zahn
2: I don't know why they're not actually trying to get prepared for the finals coming up and actually starting to. When you're going to have um, Roger two of us a Shek at twelve, having BB at ten, and actually having you know a proper fifteen being Zahn Sullivan, I don't understand why you're not actually trying to get that cohesion going for the for the finals.
0: And I'm not trying to get it going because Bodie's doing nothing on my fantasy side like <laughs> with space back there. That's what I want.
2: Yeah, well, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to think from the blues perspective.
1: I know, That's like the, Nick. Here's here's me and the super sub trying to give some insights into the game. And Austin just talking about his fantasy team. <laughs> That's why being you both in fantasy this year. Calm down. <laughs> at this point, mate,
2: and, and we're all at the bottom, mate, and I'm at the <laughs> most bottomest. So um, yeah, that says a bit about everything.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, look, um, it's. This is going to be it's it's going to be a cracker. I think this should be a, a real interesting one yet again. Every time the Blues and Crusaders come up against each other, it's probably our Reds versus Tars, except
1: for way more successful teams
0: <laughs> with
1: a lot better players in the paddock. Got it. I I think the big thing here is that both teams are finally getting back towards not exactly fully, but towards a full strength side. Like, uh, the the only question mark for... Obviously, Sebi Reese not being in the Crusader side is big, and they're, they're going to use Macca Springer probably in his place. But um, pretty good to see that most of their players are back, particularly, obviously, Will Jordan rounding out their back three. But I thought Braden Ennall was quiet again. You know, he'd had a couple of good weeks, and then he's just gone off the boil a bit last week. And again, that should have been relatively comfortable for him. Um, Jack Goodhue maybe getting a chance again. You know, he's probably due. He's been right in the pine. Yeah. Um, and when Enor was playing as well as he was for a few weeks earlier, I thought that, you know, he's just going to have to sit there. But he's probably the big inclusion for me for the Crusaders. Yeah, I agree, Has For something that's supposed to be kind of test match quality, Crusaders versus Blues,
2: you're going to need someone that's experienced at test match level to actually go there and fill the space. So actually I, I think Goodhue will come in for all.
1: I, yeah. I I would just say that if if they had everyone fit, my worry is with that back backline. There's just not enough ball runners. Like David Avili is exceptional, but he's not a ball runner, and he's been you know the knock on him has always been that he's not a big enough body. Braden Ennor is definitely not a big ball runner. Will Jordan is exceptionally as he is, probably doesn't matter. He's a ball runner because of how exceptionally he mm-hmm. is. Lester obviously, um, and Macasprint. <laughs> I don't think he's that big either. So my only worry is when you play Jack Goodhue or Enor, Neither of them give you punch. Hevili really doesn't give you punch. You've got a lot of playmakers there. And I, I actually think maybe that's the biggest problem for the Crusaders this year from a fit team perspective. Maybe we should be looking at like a Leicester at 13 and then getting, you know, none other than settle down on the left wing. That's how I want to say it, go. Melanie Nanai, for those that don't listen every week. I, no. I bet you that's not going
2: to
0: happen,
1: yes. I know it's not going to happen. It's what I want to happen, mate. That's how they win the comp.
0: <laughs> I'd love to see it, but it's not going to happen. But, I mean, you may at some point, it's not this match, we may get to see Fanganuku have a run around on that 13 jersey. He's shown that he's versatile. But, I mean, Jack Goodhue, who didn't take the field last week, almost got the same amount of run metres as Enor. Enor is not in form. They, I, oh, I'd be he getting, was
1: good, man. He, that's rough. He
0: was good the few weeks before that. Last week, okay. was, the
2: week before, he was good.
0: He was good. For, he's been good for about one or two weeks, and I mean, this is this is a game last week that against the Force, he had an ability to insert himself into that game, and he and he didn't. So I I don't think he's demanding selection. I think Goodhue deserves the crack, and he's a he's an experienced player. It's his time to to get the run.
1: Yeah, and uh, one more, guys. I just want to know who's at the inside center jersey for the Blues at the moment. It's Roger Tuivasa. Yeah, Roger. Roger. He's down, even though they didn't even play him the week before, said he was not needed and they'll find a role for him moving forwards. Yeah, um,
0: yeah,
2: agreed. He he needs to be there, now.
0: Yeah, I feel like it was almost a bit of a punishment. He's decided he's leaving the club, but he, he showed some real punch for them uh, and, and was really, really positive in that 12 jersey last week. Yes, Plummer's got an argument to to make there, um, but two of us are shack. Bodie Barrett, if that's your 10-12, there's a lot more cohesion and that's what they're going to be wanting when they're going into this final, not
1: the guy that's necessarily starting next year. Yep, fair enough. And, guys, on to the tip. nabung you want to lead us? Uh, Crusaders
2: is home. Yep. Bye. Uh, uh, by seven. Uh, so is this, this
1: is I, I reckon it'll be – I just can't see it not being tight. So I'll go Crusaders by four.
0: Um I I'm lost to be honest. I <laughs> I'm, I'm going to look I'm going to say the just to be on the opposite side of you, boys, I'm going to say the Blues are going to sneak at home and they're going to win by one. It's going to be crazy. That
1: would be a, would be a <laughs> big, big loss. I think this is every loss the Crusaders have had have made the pressure build on them as the reigning champs. I think they're sitting in third at the moment. This is, this is a big moment. Like if they lose this, they drop to fourth and the Blues leapfrog them and probably are the favourites to hold third place. I just don't know if I can see that happening. They, I, I think they'll understand the importance of it. They're just going to show up. And I, I think the importance of it makes jack shit. They're, these are the these
0: are guys that are full of the All Blacks and Crusaders, mate. They, they, it's important every week to them. Like they're they're just not they're they're starting to gel, but they're not at the point they had been last year and, and, and previous years. The the Blues have a very very good squad with some real talent coming back in. So I I think this could easily go either way. I don't think it matters that the Crusaders are going to feel pressure. They they feel they just keep winning the comp every year. They they know how to deal with pressure.
2: Yeah, they they do. The Crusaders are one of the teams that can come eighth and go ahead and win it. They're one they're one of these teams that um I, don't, I actually Hopefully don't. They that. they could scrape through and it doesn't really matter to them. They know how to they know how to they knock the teams down and just kind of get the job done.
1: Well, let's go back a few years, boys, to when the Crusaders didn't have a home ground, so they played away for the whole year and came second. Like, yeah. it is ridiculous. <laughs> they don't really need the home ground. to defend, do they? <laughs> anyway. So the,
0: the, the, round, the game of the round, boys. The Waratahs versus the Rebels. This is where it's at. Who is the second-best Aussie team uh, in terms of injuries? Uh, there are no new injuries to the Tars. Uh, that's not right. We've got Talani Silk getting injured, so... Uh, it looks like we're probably not going to have Talani seal playing this week. Um, Brad Wilkin is potentially injured. We're, we're thinking maybe an MCL from the look of the injury,
1: Harry. Uh, yeah, for post-match, he said that he was feeling a lot better, that they had a look at it and they didn't think it was anything serious. They were just going to see how he actually pulled up. But um, he's uh, he's obviously not a serious injury, but that doesn't mean he's going to be back in one week. And look, let's be honest, it's a pretty easy fix for them. As good as Wilkins has been, you just push Hardwick to seven and then you can bring Ekawasi back in at eight. So they've got good options either way. If he's not quite right, I could see them giving him the week. Yep.
0: Yeah. In terms of the returns, hopefully we've got Ned Hannigan returning from his concussion, um, something that they, they need. Whether he feels the sixth jersey, we'll touch on that later. Um, We've also got Matt Phillip potentially returning from his ACL uh, rupture. He's been out for quite some time. And Josh Canham returning from his question mark injury, uh, maybe because he might have done it the last few weeks and hasn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. it's It's a just... I mean, there's a few, all these returning players, no one is really completely uh, Mm. locked in either way. So we're not getting a whole lot of info out of it, sadly. Everything's a bit uh, vague. Guys, first one I'm going to talk about here is Michael Hooper. I keep reading that he's in exceptional form. Um, That 50-22 a couple of weeks ago was exceptional vision, skill, execution. I think he's always going to be the first guy in any Wallabies team chasing a kick, Making a last ditch tackle, you know, putting a putting a shot on when the team needs it. But is he in exceptional form? Like, is just having a big engine enough to say you're in really good form or not?
2: Yeah, but, for, for once, for for once, kind of being the biggest Michael Hooper fan, and I call him the heart of soul of Australian rugby <laughs> rugby entirely. I he's, he's not in the form that we saw him play in the World of jersey. Whether, whether that means that he's going to, when he puts the gold on, that he's going to step up and do absolutely magical beast things. But when he's playing for the Waratahs right now, it's, yeah, it actually hasn't been his best season so far. Yes, he's probably building into the season at the moment. He's started, started slow and, you know, did he play McRite last week? I don't know. Toss the ball in the air, toss a coin in the air, who knows? Um, but... Yeah, we'll we'll see what it, we'll see what he's like when he actually kind of puts a goal jersey in and understand what's actually happening
0: I've got a couple of thoughts on that right I, I mean he defensively his work rate is very high making his tackles he's still making bulk tackles it's something like every six minutes he makes a tackle six and a half minutes he makes a tackle ball in hand stuff is is nowhere near we've seen him anywhere near his best. Uh, and people are saying it's because he's making more breakdown involvements. Uh, look, he's getting less turnovers. He's doing less things that I I, I would normally notice uh, as disruptive in breakdowns. Yes, he's getting involved. But I, I don't think he's anywhere near his best. I, I think one thing is, as someone who's paid attention to him throughout the year, I don't think he seems like he's enjoying his rugby as much as I, he has. So I, agree, no, I agree, Nels. I agree. And I, I think maybe we've seen glimpses of him looking a little bit happy in the last week or two, but for me, it's not that the passion's not there. something's not not right exactly where he yeah. is. And, and yes, we've seen him smile a little bit, seeing him a little bit more positive. So hopefully that continues and and hopefully his form comes back with with that enjoyment. But yeah, I don't think he's enjoying it as much.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt when he's in his best form, every team is better for having him. That's 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 the honest truth. Guys, rounding out the back row for the Tars, telling his Hugh he's going for scans on his shoulder. So he will not play. Apparently, Ned Hannigan's still not right from his concussion as well. Obviously, Swinton's still gone. So that actually means all those guys are out. It's between Gamble and Harris at six. My pick is that Gamble will play six because they're gonna know that they need to counter the likes of Brad Wilcombe and 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 Hardwick as well. Oh, yeah. Um is that how you guys see it, or you reckon I'll go Harris? I know yeah, my
2: camera- I agree, mate. When um, when DC put um, gamble in, it actually it benefited at ruck time. So actually, to counter to counter the big pilferers and the rebels, have, I actually think it's a good idea.
0: Yeah, Harry, you got you can't see me, but I'm nodding. I know my camera's frozen. I'm I'm definitely nodding. hundred I, percent. I, I think he's the the man to come in. And look, he played 40 minutes last week and and got 13 tackles and stole two turnovers. Charlie gamble is the man whether he's at seven and you needed to give Hooper rest which isn't going to happen because they've already said they've cleared Hooper to to get more time so
1: Charlie is the man to play six yeah I can say that they've said the Hooper will not get a rest in the next two weeks Mm -hmm. despite the fact he needs one more but that Coleman was thinking he'll probably rest him in one of the last couple of weeks. They play the uh, Crusaders in one of the last two weeks. So I think of, of second, yeah, second last week and then Moana Pacifica. So I think they'll probably look at resting him for that one where it doesn't really have a big bearing on where they finish in the finals, to be honest. Um, guys, Ed Med, um probably not back yet, still coming back from his stress fracture in his lower back. I know originally the Waratahs had him listed as like maybe as early as round 11 when we mm-hmm. spoke to Ed Med, he wasn't so positive. But if he does prove himself fit, does he just slot straight in at 10 or did Dono do enough?
0: Look, it's it's a hard one from DC. He's he's a player, he's a coach that cares about players' welfare and their mental space. So whether he sits there and goes, let's bring him in off the bench and I'll give him 40 minutes just to to not really throw Dono out with the bathwater, I could see that being a DC move. But in all honesty, I think if Edmund's fit, I want Edmund getting the crack, and, and Dono can kind of work his way back into form later.
1: Yeah, um, and on the uh, the Rebel sides of things, for me, I think they're probably their big t- tipping point at the moment is just their reserve front row. If they can get full value of off yeah. the likes of Caboose, Pone, and, you know, just they're, they're so big, Ulysses, as well, um, that might be a bit of a turning point. You know, the Tars, I think... Top front row at the moment is looking really, really good, whereas they probably don't have the depth at the moment. So maybe that's where there is a bit of an advantage late in the piece for the uh, for the Rebels.
0: Look, It's a funny point because it was two weeks ago we were saying the Rebels don't finish games off. Um, and then off the back of last week, all of a sudden they they finish. Yes, they've always had the, the really strong reserves, but it's been something that I think has been an issue for them this year in, in how they close out games um they closed out better last week but they didn't win when they had clear chances to win the game so the the rebels have strike power at the end but they can't prove they can put it together this is a chance for them to do it and and yes i think that's something that's going to help them having that real strike power on the bench but it's still it's still something they haven't proven they can do
1: yeah tip on this one boys i'm going to go the tars the line's minus 7.5 to the Tars. I think it's going to be close. I don't think the Waratahs have shown they can go back-to-back with good games yet. I think the Rebels are going to struggle off the, uh, the the efforts that they put in last week. It's hard to keep getting up like that as well. So both teams maybe not quite at their best. Home ground advantage to the Tars. Hopefully they get fifteen to 20,000 out there and they start building a bit of a crowd with this little bit of momentum. That'll get them over the line. I'm going to go five points.
0: Ah, you jerk! I was thinking five points, and I am going to stick with it five points because I think they're good enough to get the win. Okay, Harry, you shaking head? Tars are going to win by forty eight? No, they're going to win by six points.
2: Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I think the Tars should get there, backed by their best two supporters, Nelson and Harry Dale, <laughs>
1: drunkest blokes at um, at the stadium. I'll, I'll back them oh, by no. ten. Nice, love it, guys! Last game of the week on the Sundays, the Brumbies versus the Highlanders. No new injuries to the Brums Highlanders. They had a few. They had Will Tucker pull pre-game with the concussion, so you'd think the twelve-day stand-around means he's unavailable. Perry Perry Parkinson missed the game with illness, so he's obviously a chance. And Fabian Holland missed it with a hamstring injury as well. Um, returning, I'm I'm not sure if they have anyone coming back this week. To be honest. Um, they, they have, they have Nureki returning to the starting side. That's what <laughs> they have. Harry Parry is probably the big one if he's back from illness and they need that lock depth. You know, all the chat for the Highlanders has been about What's going to happen to Shannon Frazel? He's actually due an All Blacks rest week this week. They've already said that they're likely to uh, ask for an exemption, but I'm not sure that they're going to have any legs to stand on if Parry Parry's back and fit and they have the two starting second rowers and then they can have a look at moving someone else into it. Um, I know they finished with Hugh, Hugh Renton in the second row, I think, with, along with Shannon Frazel at the end of the game. So they really were drawing from, uh, from any angle they could. But um, is that enough to get Frizzell still starting? I'm not 100% sure. What do you guys think? No, nah, mate. It's not enough. Like, just because you had
0: injuries to your locks and you had to play your back rows in the locks, that's not enough to keep your bench row, which you you, you have enough of, to, to not have a rest week. I, I I think they he needs a rest. They're taking the piss every week. Every team's taking the piss with giving teams rests. This is not a legitimate excuse. Bring Withy on. You know, do something along those lines. You've got Dixon coming back into that, you know, the starting side as well in the locks. They don't they don't need him this week if you know that they, they don't have any exceptional circumstances.
1: Yeah. Um, also, guys, the Highlanders, they've got Brumbies, Rebels, Reds, Blues on the run home. Um, I think that means that, you know. Obviously, the Brumbies and Blues are harder games. I think they're just going to really throw everything at the Rebels and the Reds to try and make sure they qualify for finals. Well, that's yeah. how I see it. So I do think that if they are going to rest a couple of players, it may well be this one as well. So I could see Ethan de Group, uh getting a rest in particular. Billy Harman, Aaron Smith have just had rest. So you'd think that maybe it's not going to happen now. Maybe that goes into the the last game of the year. But Ethan de Group maybe due a rest. I think he's had a huge year.
0: Yeah, look, um, another potential shift we might see is um Paya has had a fair bit of footy recently. Um, do we see Scott Gregory, who they're trying to give some time, shift into the centres um, with maybe Thomas and Wanga Jensen shifting out as well? Meaning you can bring Nareki on? Or, or do you, you give Garden Baship uh, a rest and bring Nareki on to that wing? So you've only got eyes for one thing when you're talking about this, don't you? But I, I agree,
2: mate, because that's all that the Highlanders have their hopes on to be honest with you, because Negariki is an absolute beast. and well, if he starts, if, if he starts, I reckon they're on it.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, he starts. It's as simple as that. They they need to start him. And Scott Gregory looked good in, in moments in his return. And we've seen him play lots in the centers. We've seen Thomas and Wang Jensen be more threatening at 13 for them as well. So, you know, whether one of them filled the twelve and thirteen jersey. For me, I, I think that's what works. For Paya Pye has done has done really well through through parts of this year. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's probably not in my starting 15 and those other blokes are more likely to be.
1: Yeah, Look, I, I, I wouldn't mind it. I think they've got to continue to explore their options. Um, what did you think about Freddie Burns at 10 last week? Do you think that he controlled the game better and Hunt coming on late to try and provide a little bit of spark work for them or not really?
2: Nice Hunt every day of the week, I think.
0: Uh, yeah, look, I... I don't know. I think at the very beginning, I thought there was, there was good signs from um, Burns, but I, I don't think it continued throughout the game. I, I don't think things look like they were fixed. Um, it's probably not just on the 10s, but, yeah, I, I don't think there was a, a big, significant shift for me.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And from the Brumbies boys, uh, how many rolling mall tries? Oh, I shouldn't say that. They don't score that many rolling mall tries. Instead, they throw it out the back and – Someone else scores it. Although Jerome Brown bagged a double. Um,
2: hey, what do you mean? Every week
1: we're going to touch on soon, but it just doesn't go to the hookers anymore, man. It's that's probably the real big travesty there, isn't it? But
0: the, the big thing is, it's not that it's not going to the hookers. The, the the sevens aren't passing it back. It's you know I I know that trick. I've done that myself. You know, like they're meant to be giving the ball back and putting some distance between them. But Jerome Brown had no interest in passing the ball back, mind you. They were driving so quickly most of the time that they. Probably thought it was a, a danger to pass the ball back when they're running over the line at full speed. Speed anyway
1: with that driving more. Yeah, look, I, I, I think the Highlanders uh, front row in particular, their scrum has been surprisingly really excellent this year. I think De Groot in particular, but. Ainsley, Macaleo have made a really good trio in their front row. I'm just not sure how they're going to defend against the rolling mall. And obviously, if you do lose Ethan De Groot, and you're going back to like a Dan Leonard Brown or something like that. He just hasn't got quite the same muscle. The Brumbies have been waiting to make a statement with their scrum for a while now, considering the class they have as well. So I think Ethan DeGroote's a real linchpin here for them. I think they really need him. And if they don't have him, then I think it could get away from the the Highlanders because the set piece is just going to tip against them pretty firmly. I'll
0: tell you how they stop the driving more try. You've got Fabian Holland and you've got Dixon most likely in your locks. No, he's got a hammy
1: injury, so he's unlikely.
0: That's true. I was going to say, those two blokes I've been saying for a few weeks that if you want to have a a good, solid line-out that can can shut some ball down, they're your two line-out jumpers. Yeah, look, I think think they're going to go with Dixon and Parry-Parry. Yeah. Perry Perry is a really good player. Um, but I, I don't think we've had I don't know, Holland's probably not the stronger of those two, but I don't think that's necessarily fixed for your line out. But you've got to contest that more because that that line out because you're you're most likely not stopping it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Um and Frost, how many meters is he gonna run for his length of the field try this year, this week? Hopefully a couple hundred. <laughs> Yeah, okay, very nice um opportunities there for the Brums other than set piece boys. What is there anything else that you'd look at? Well, one more thing,
0: I I want to just quickly touch on. I I it was great to see the return of Tom Hooper. I'd love to see Tom Hooper um get a run and if it's this week that would be great. They've they've got players like Valatini, Samu who have played lots of footy. Uh, I know Samu's had probably more recent rest. I uh, I think not that they they need it because they had a bye uh, only like a week or two ago. But if if they're going to give Tom Hooper a start, it's probably not this week. But if they are, I'd love to see him get on that six jersey because he's a, a bloke that's, you know, touching on two metres. I think he's 199, but he's also a dynamic, really exciting lock six for them. So I want to see more of him.
1: Yeah, I think Valentini's only actually had one rest and he's come off in one other game for the year. So he's definitely due another one. They've got the Force next week in Perth, then the Chiefs and the Rebels at home. So I think you're right. I think it it might be Valentini's week. You might see Hooper get a run because of that. I think that's a great call. I'd like to see it.
0: The only other potential which we won't see would be Samu filling seven, Valentini shifting to eight because more than likely he's eight for the Wallabies. He's not six for the Wallabies. And we get Hooper filling in on that six jersey. For me, that's probably, if Hooper can get into the form he was in last year, probably what they need. He's such a good man around the lineouts and, and reading the other team that uh, I think he would be a
1: really important part for them moving into the finals. Um, yeah, 100%. And, and tip, boys, where, where are you with this one? I think uh, if we check the line, we've got it at minus nine and a half. I'll go first. I'm going to say 15 points to the brums, just a little too good. I'm going to say
0: the Brums are going to win this one by eighteen points.
2: I think it's going to be upset of the round boys. I think Highlanders were two. The
0: yeah, Highlanders are going to beat the Brums, mate. Yeah, How are they I going to so.
2: do it? I, mean, uh, by- I, I think Aaron Smith's going to play the game of his life, and he's actually just going to turn it up,
0: mate. He does pretty much every week for them.
2: I know. I know. I think. I think this is a little bit of a Opportunity. The Highlanders are desperate to make it into the top eight, and um, I know it's a bit outlandish, and I know the Brumbies are coming second on the table, but um, I actually reckon the Highlanders might do it this week.
0: Yeah, look, I, I, I'd almost, I'd almost say I'd like to see it for the Highlanders because. You know, there's some players there that I like. I've, I've got some mates that are fans of them, and, and it would be great to see them get a an upset to really kind of bring their season, you know, back forward. But I don't want to see the Brumbies lose. So, I do I, I, I mate, I'll, I'd I'll love to ready. see. I just want to
2: see Australian teams keep on winning the rest uh, of mate, the time.
0: Yeah, I hate your opinion. I hate your face. I hope you're wrong. Uh, Why no, am I
2: even on this podcast?
0: <laughs> exactly, mate. I want to. I want to see the Brumbies win this and win this well um so i mean craggers isn't here but you know you know what's coming up next mate what's what's coming up next well, do i yeah mate what comes after the main meal the oh
2: the the, 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 the dessert though
0: oh mate it's like carg here can you can we see the picture behind you just, just while we're at it can we see your background <laughs> um can you see that yeah, mate. This is this is what is this? This is a young Kargy, young cargo. This is a young David Cargo with Mount Fuji when he was playing in
2: Japan. Um, and I don't mean rugby; I mean something else. Didn't um, you? When he when he was when he was playing in Japan. So um, that's
0: him. He looks a little bit young and pretty mature. Just when I beat him, just after when I beat him this week. Deustachied mate you you remove the moustache from his face by whooping his ass in fantasy, <laughs> <laughs> Kagi, and I hope you're watching this via YouTube. Mate, kagi never watches the pod, uh and he only comes on to hear himself um look we'll we'll touch on to this dessert
1: what you gonna do with that Deserto. I have got the uh the team here for dessert the uh, PlanetRugby.com's Team of the Round. Uh, we wanted to go through that and just give a few thoughts, maybe a few alternates as well, fellas. Yeah, So yeah, definitely. let's start at fullback, uh, back three. So we had Willie Jordan was at fullback, obviously he played only 55 metres. He beat five defenders. We've already gone through his stats. He was very, very good in his 55 minutes. I, th- I thought that was pretty fair. I thought he was... Exceptional. No one immediately came to my mind as better. There were some other good games. I thought Jorgo had a good game for the Tars as well, but probably nowhere near the same class. No, I
0: think I think he's your man. Um, there's no one that can argue that.
1: Maka Springer they had named at number 14. Again, I thought he was really, really good. I thought Lockie Anderson scored a, a couple of good tries but probably didn't offer a huge amount outside of just a couple of finishes. I thought Amoni Narawa was my pick. I just thought he was easily the strongest in in contact, creating his own uh, his own tries. But Maca Springer a pretty reasonable option. Anyone else for you? No, nah, mate. It was it was narrower. Eight tackle busts.
0: His little chip and chases. Uh, turnover one. Clean line The the guy was offering different things around the paddock. Maca Springer was quick and finishing some things. But no, I think it was a better performance from Narrower. Pushes forward uh, himself forward for All Blacks collar.
1: Yeah. Um, they had on the left wing Julian Sevilla because of the big moment from him. But I just, I just don't know. I feel like Julian Sevilla was outshone defensively pretty significantly in this game. He did score two tries, of course, but just you can't have those strengths and those weaknesses and still be the the uh, the top pick for me. I thought Ravital Mata was exceptional for the Fijian and Drua, so he was the guy that I had. Yeah, look, I, I mean, there's probably a
0: number of names in the back three if we're being lenient on who you can pick. If they didn't didn't matter if they played fullback, because I think Tommy Wright played better, Sean Stevenson played better, Gilbert had glimpses where he was better, Anuku looked better, uh, Monty Uani I think was probably the better choice if if we're picking um, the the wing specific. Um, He was really well involved in that game as well. Andrew Kellaway played really well. So it feels funny to have Julian Sevilla there when all those guys played really
1: well. I mean, you look at their blurbs and every single one's like, he scored two tries, therefore it's him. You know, so I do wonder that maybe they, the person riding it this week didn't actually watch any of the games and just picked them on tries. But we'll push on center pairing. They went ALB at inside center. Um, obviously, hundredth game for him, so a bit of a landmark. He scored that nice try, kind of finishing off an offload and breaking through, and made eleven tackles and a turnover as well. So he was solid. But was there? There was someone better, mate. Come on, one of you boys can can drop it in. I- so is this over Rona? No, this is over um, Anton Leonard-Brown. Sorry. Okay, On yeah. So, um,
0: look, Thomas Okerman-Jensen was better. I think Fichetti was better. Probably the Romanian Rumbler was up there, if not better than him. Vigabili um, yeah, was better.
1: Um, Roger Tuovastashek probably was better. Yeah, I just I, I didn't think Roger Tuovastashek was better. I thought he had one good involvement, but he was pretty quiet. But I, yeah, but- I think there was a lot of talent there. For me, Fichetti was excellent. I think he was probably the pick of the bunch. I don't see how ALB got there other than having his, being his 100th game and scoring a try. Uh, outside centre, they had Daniel Rona. And now, again, we've said how good we think he is. He did score a couple of tries, set up another one as well with an absolutely beautiful chip. I think you can definitely, definitely name him as the option. But Josefa Amasi, surely he's got to be in there. They didn't even give him a mention. Yeah, Stephen was, was it Marshley off the bench? No. Or was he on the wing? He
0: was on the wing. No, he was at outside center, oh, wasn't he? he? Yeah, right. I got it wrong then. Yeah. Right, right. I'll also throw out Leva Amua. He looked very solid he's yet again. Len Icatow looks like he's grown an inch or two and was, was really pivotal for them
1: in a, in a close match. Um, but Daniel Rona was very good. Yeah. Well, he's pushing on to the 9-10. They had 10, Noah Alessio. Now, we've already talked about this. First of all, Damien McKenzie was ridiculous. And secondly, we even had him losing the head-to-head battle against Carter Gordon. Look, I I would give it to Damien
0: McKenzie or Carter Gordon. Um, Damien McKenzie, statistically, was, was definitely the best. Carter Gordon... His left or right pass to set up one of those tries. The physicality he had, I think he stopped the Rebels, probably losing the ball uh, four or five times, but after making the pass, following up and and blowing over and securing the ball. So for me, I'd, I'd actually like to give it to Carter Gordon because his involvements were things that you don't normally see from the 10, but it was things that got the Rebels to stay in touch in that game right the way through it.
2: Yeah, I like to give participation awards as well, and else, but it goes to Damien McKenzie.
0: Hey, look at the blokes around him.
1: <laughs> He's got blokes helping him out. I had Gordon, <laughs> mate. I, I had Gordon first. Damien McKenzie roaming, <laughs> roaming loose and playing exceptionally well, but as that, as a 10, first receiver controlling the game, I thought he was exceptional. Braddy nice. um obviously finished a brilliant, brilliant try, including just. An outrageous run through the middle to actually do it. Um, other than that, I'm I'm not sure that I saw him do that much. I thought he was okay around the park, but that one brilliant moment. Were there any nines that stood out to you guys, or was Brad Weber the obvious choice? Look, I
0: I think he made 17 tackles as well, so he he was was heavily involved in in that game. Uh, you had Jake Gordon play relatively well, McDermott play relatively well. But maybe it is Jake. Uh, it
1: is Weber. Weber.
2: Uh, I think it's Weber.
1: Yeah. And guys, to so the forward pack, if we go to the front, Ethan De Groot at loose, loose, loosehead prop, All Blacks. Um, the All Blacks prop that we already talked about is a weapon. Um, did score a try and uh, made ten tackles as well. No one else. No, I think um that's a pretty good oh, shout. A solid, yeah. Yeah, think we Brody McAllister. I mean, I feel like yeah. he's easy, isn't he? Hat trick of tries. Yeah. What else do you need to do? Pretty hard to beat. Yeah. George Dyer, tight head no. prop, has been playing well. Scrummage is very well. But also made managed to score a try and made his seven tackles. I think it's hard to argue with all the front row. Yeah, he was good. He uh, was good. What about Harry
0: Johnson Home scoring a try, making lots of tackles? Don't know. Actually securing the ball, getting a few turnovers. Oh, I, I it's Harry Johnson Home for me. I think he he showed more in the back. How many how many tackles for HJH? Uh, let me double check for you. So he had thirteen tackles.
1: Yeah, two okay. I'll give it to him then.
0: Offload try. Um, yeah,
1: it was him. Hard hard to disagree with that. That's um that's very good. Um, a couple of turnovers he won as well. How good's that? Um, yeah, and they are actually very good. Yep. They had uh Tupo Baite um at the number four jersey, sixteen tackles, which is pretty big. Um, and James Tucker in the number five jersey for the two second rowers, fifteen tackles for him against Moana Pacifica, and he had a nice run in there as well. Um anything else, guys? Any other options from you? Should we do a cheeky and sneak into Lani <laughs> uh, I
0: don't think you can know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the only other one is maybe Sam Darry. He he had a very good game for the blues in this one.
1: Yeah, I, I had Darry over Tucker. I, I thought Tucker was good, but Darry was influential through the whole match. Obviously he managed to score a good try again. Just he's very good at that pick and go. Seems to manage to get over the line a lot. Um two per bye, I I think is a good option though. Yeah. All right. Let's finish it off. Loose forwards. They had Akira at six. Um, what did he do? Fifteen carries, one try. He was huge. He was I huge. think he set up another twelve tackles, winning the turnover. His competition, direct competition, was Rob Valentini. I don't know if you can pick them both.
0: Uh, I don't know if you can, um, but I would in my team, if I'm brutally honest. And uh, Josh Kemeny actually had a, a cracker for them as for the Rebels as well. But no, I I think he sits slightly behind those other two. Just give Ioani and Valentini. Eight and six for me.
1: Yeah, I, I would, mate. I, I don't think, you know, they named Artie Severo at eight, and I just don't think he had his biggest game by any stretch of the imagination. So I feel I like it was a bit of a hand me. It wasn't uh, only he, not his biggest game, it was probably his quietest game we've seen in the a- yeah, yeah. He was,
2: have- was average-ass. He was very quiet.
1: Yeah. Very, yeah. very quiet. I mean, even, even him playing Paul is still pretty exceptional. But okay. i got to say, um, I thought Hardwick was pretty bloody good in that first half for the Rebels as well, but just maybe didn't sustain it for 80 minutes.
0: Yeah, he, he was very good. You also had Grace Renton. Jacobson actually stood up and did some parts where, where he looked pretty solid. Darren Alangi off, off the bench, he was very, very good. For me, is probably about the seventh or eighth choice.
1: Yeah. And lastly, guys, the coveted number seven jersey somehow went to Jerome Brown who scored two tries off a rolling mall. He did make 16 tackles and a turnover. But and you know they've also mentioned DuPussy Carifi. Again, I'm not sure what's yeah. brought that on. Can I give you my option to to lead right off? Yes. Mate, I, I want to give it out to uh Carlo Tazzano who made 26 tackles and a couple of turnovers against the yeah, Crusaders. Oh wow. yeah. well
0: Jeez, he has made an average of twenty-four tackles in his only two matches this year. This year, coming back in,
1: it's ridiculous, oh, mate. How is he not your seven for the week? Like he's ridiculous. Is they're,
0: they're looking at the tries column, mate. The other ones are Fraser McWright, Billy Harmon, and you could add a stretch Richard Hardwick because he shifted across to there. Those three were far better than Jerome Brown. Jerome Brown held the ball and didn't pass it to the number eight in a driving morph. And made yeah. some quite a few tackles, but that really
1: made a line break. Two defenders beaten, a couple of turnovers, fifteen tackles from his sixteen attempts as well. Like there's some very very good options there. I just yeah, I just I don't rate this. Like just give to the likes that score to try no matter how it happened. Harry Mick Wright got four turnovers. He threw three offloads. He ran
0: sixty-eight meters. He had a line break. Uh, it wasn't his best game. Um, he, he didn't make as many tackles. He made nine tackles, but he only missed one. Um, th- there's plenty of guys I think you could have put there above Jerome Brown. But, you know, I, I do like Jerome Brown,
1: and he it was good to see him back. Yeah, so we'll go 50-50, eh? 50, 50 reasonable, 50 they're losing their minds. I like it. All right, yeah. fellas. Uh, look, I think we need to give the last word to the super sub. On his 13th cap, more than Noel Alessio, He's uh he's earned him man. It's been a long wait. Uh, so I'll say goodbye. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, like, share all that stuff. Watch us on YouTube, wherever else you like. Nelson, anything before we leave it over to the super sub?
0: uh no, nah, mate. I just I want to see more of players saying each other's names and looking confused at the camera. Um, but I I, I would pr- prefer that maybe he said someone else put said this on Twitter. He could have looked at the camera done the same arm movements and said are you not entertained and that would have been even better
2: very good super so. <laughs> now just obviously thank you very much for having me on lads it's been it's been a pleasure and i think i've um i've learned more from you guys than actually uh than actually what i what i spoke about so that was good and a wise man once said, just um, say nothing. So uh, I'll keep it that way. And thanks very much for having a good crack with you, lads.
0: Thanks to come on. mate. We need to get you on more and have less of cargy. <laughs>
2: and thank you very much to beat Craig's this week. I'll take that every week, single week. And there's, and there's something coming in the mail, Craig's. Have a good look, mate.
1: <laughs> very yes. good. We'll get Craig's to give that report. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh, All right, no, see you I guys. Thanks, boys.